Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. In this episode of Our Classroom, I am joined by Dr. Sheldon L. Aikens, founder of the Leading Equity Center. Dr. Aikens is also the host of the Art of Advocacy livestream and the Leading Equity podcast. Furthermore, Dr. Aikens is the author of Leading Equity, Becoming an Advocate for All Students. With over 15 years in education, he has served as a teacher, school principal, adjunct professor, and director of special education. Sheldon Aikens is passionate about helping educators accomplish equitable practices in their schools. With us today to talk about modeling vulnerability and humility, Sheldon L. Aikens. I'm here with my brother Sheldon. Yes, yes, y'all. I'm excited because, you know, I've been thinking about getting him on for a while and I had told him this that I ran into him in Anaheim at NCTE. And he put the pressure on. Like, hey man, you said you're gonna get me on and you have him like, yo, I wasn't lying, bro. I told you I was gonna do this. It's just, you know, the way my bank account set up. Now nah. <laughs> well, uh, checking in my savings, huh? <laughs> now nah, my people, this is a treat. This is a pleasure to be able to connect with Dr. Sheldon Akins. And um, you know, one of the reasons a pleasure for me is because. He's a, he's an individual. I've only been doing this for a year and a half, and and he's an individual that when I started, someone uh, Monica Cohen, I believe it was Monica, who recommended I reach out to Sheldon. It was like, hey, he's doing great work with his podcast. I I think you know you should connect with him. He give you some insight, and he did. I you know I hit him up, and he was very generous with his time. Very generous with giving me some direction. Hey, these are some of the resources I use. You think everybody gets down like that, but I'm going to be straight with y'all. That's not always the case. Not everybody's willing to, to share their the, the, the resources that they're using, the insights. Sometimes folks view each other as competitors, and it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be like that. We should view each other as, as collaborators, as fellow disruptors, yeah. right? As, as the T-shirt Sheldon's Rocking States, and and as he's been talking about, right? If you have dug into his book, Lead in Equity, then you know that he talks about this notion of being a disruptor. Don't don't just settle for being an ally. And he also gets into other terms that he used, such as co-conspirators, so on and so forth, and why he uses the term disruptor. I'm not going to reveal all of that because if you don't have the book, you have to go cop that. All right, folks, we can't give you all the gems. We're not doing all the work for you. You got to do some of the work. Go get the book now, Leading Equity, by the good doctor, Sheldon L. Aikens. And, you know, we're going to, first of all, thank you. Thank you for, for taking time to connect with me here. I want to start with your middle name, You the, the L, man. I You know, I've been thinking about this for a while. <laughs> what does the L stand for? Because in, in none of your publications... Do I see that the L is revealed? 
and I haven't heard you talk about it on the podcast, so I need to know. And I think the people want to know what the L stands for, Sheldon. Roberto, it has. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. I love the energy. Like I got to take you wherever I go. Like when I do keynotes, like you got to be my like hype folks. You know, just <laughs> let's come do and, it. Just get me bring coming to the state. Like I want, <laughs> I want you from now on. We, we'll talk offline about what that could look like. Um, for the L though, um. So Sheldon L. Akins, uh, Lewis is my middle name. And uh, my dad's name is Lewis Akins. So uh, he's actually Dr. Akins as well. And um, I really respect my father. Like I have a lot of respect for him. Um, so I actually wanted to wish I had been a junior. So I just have his first name as my middle name. So I have a son and he's Sheldon Jr. So he's Sheldon Lewis Akins Jr. as well. Uh, he showed Lewis Aikens as well. And, and the reason why I did that was because, again, just have a, just thinking about the relationship that I've had with my father. I mean, he's very close. I mean, he, I mean I'm mean, i an entrepreneur because I grew up in a household with, with an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur. And so, like, I never thought I would end up being one. I started teaching. That's why I went teaching because I was like, this is safe. Um, and then the next thing I know, I'm opening up a business and I'm reaching out to him. Well, what's an LLC? What's the sole proprietor? What, what should I do? And, I, and he's always been there for me. And so I want to be the same way for my own son. So that way he grows up. He's proud of his name. He's proud of his father, just like I am proud of my father as well. Now, people ask me, well, why do I put the L? You know, why don't I just say Sheldon Akins? I, I watched a podcast. I listened to a podcast years ago and they said basically that people associate more intelligence when they see your middle middle initial there's something subconsciously when you say rather than me saying sheldon akins but you put the sheldon l akins it just it just means it's a lot of people's mind there's there's more intelligence and credibility that comes with that that middle initials for some reason i i do some research or whatever but i listen to that podcast and i was like okay that's what we're doing we're going to put that L in there. And every time, we're going to always have the middle initial for everything I do. So that's that's the story behind all that. That's great. No, that's great, man. You, I don't know if you're inspiring me or if I got to go and read the research. <laughs> you said, I don't have a middle name. So now you're going to make me go and create a middle name just so, <laughs> just so I could put a, a random letter in there and people could see me as more intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's research, research based. I, I can't tell you. Who, who did the research, but that's that's definitely something I, I found out. Well, thanks for sharing that story. I, I love that we're starting with this Black joy, with this Black fatherhood, Black strong family example. And listen to you, man, it's it's really pulling on my heartstrings because I had a lot of, I have a lot of respect for my father. My father passed away in February. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just, just thinking about what you described, right? I have a son. Uh, my four-year-old, and there's there's things that are present for me in terms of the legacy I want to create for him and and also the legacy I want to extend in terms of like what my father did and has meant for my life. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And every, I I think it's so important for us to, to share these types of examples because every time we share such examples, we're acting as disruptors right we 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 are disrupting that narrative that the media mainstream media has has pushed about black families and 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 black males and black fathers and if we're getting more specific right and the absence of now nah, now nah, we're very present 
right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're very present. And so want to continue to highlight such examples of the presence of Black fathers, the impact of Black fathers, and the legacy of Black fathers. So thank you for sharing that. And so I appreciate you providing, you know, sharing your platform with me just so I can share that story. I've never shared this story publicly. Like this is, you know, my dad knows, you know, I've, I've had these conversations like, man, I wish I could have been a junior. Like I really do respect, you know, you know, your guidance and just who you are as an, as a man, like you definitely reared me in a way that I wanted to do the same things that I've learned from my, you know, from my father and, and be able to do the same things for my kids. And so, yeah, so I appreciate the opportunity to be able to say these words. That's love. So you start your book, Leading Equity, by mentioning that you have made mistakes in the past. Then you oh, yeah. share an experience that occurred while you were student teaching. Mm-hmm. Now, we won't necessarily get into that. But outside of that experience, w- what is one mistake you've made in your professional education career that you regret? And, and I ask this because I know you value modeling vulnerability and humility as that's the focus of chapter eight in your book. Listen, first of all, people think, because I'm the equity guy, I'm supposed to be perfect. I'm not on point. I mess up all the time. And my my children call me out all the time. Like, daddy, daddy, you're being biased. And I'd be like, yo, I'm off right now. I'm not on, you know, I clocked out earlier today. You know, like, I mess up all the time. Like, I definitely make a lot of mistakes. Um, I'll share a quick story. Speaking of bias, I guess. Um, you know, I used to be a school principal, and uh, <laughs> as a school principal, I, I used to like helping out in the lunchroom, lunch line. And, and so one day, I was I was serving, I was serving beans. It was Mexican day, Mexican food day. And so I had a Mexican kid come into the line. I looked at him and I said, dead in his eyes, I said, "Are you ready for these beans?" And he said, "No, I don't want, I don't want any beans." And I looked at him with like a sense of surprise. I just could not believe this young Mexican kid did not want some beans and on Mexican food day. And I was like, you sure you don't want these beans? And you know what he said? He said, Mr. Akins, that's a stereotype. We don't all eat beans. And I said, you know what? My bad. You're right. I messed up. I totally stereotyped you. Mm-hmm. Totally stereotyped you. I'm wrong. And he and he laughed and he was like, it's all good. And he, he explained, he said, you know, um, you know, at home, yeah, definitely. There's there's Mexican food, you know, we we typically have beans at home. However, I just never have liked beans. I've never liked it, and I just not something I eat. And I, I tell that story sometimes because it it helps me show a little bit of humility. Cause I do some some like when I do trainings, you know, on implicit bias, for example, or my progression, this kind of things. And I don't want to appear as if I am the expert. I don't like being called an expert. I like to, I, look, I just try to stay a chapter ahead. You know, I, I have experiences and there's some things that I'll never experience. I can try to be empathetic as much as I can, but I can't relate for every type of situation. But I like to share with my audience and the folks that I'm working with. Like, look, I messed up too. Shoot, I just messed up last week. So I'm I'm standing here before you just letting you know, look, I'm working on this as well. There's absolutely no way that we can uh, end, um, you know, we, we can't end bias or, for example, like we're human beings. You know, we're going to have our own biases. And that's that's to me is a message that I think is very important. So I do think it's really important that you start off with your own vulnerability to, to help lighten the, the you know, the, a lot of that work, anti-racist work, anti-bias work, it's, it can be intense. And I think 
when you want to really create a brave space, you could ought to be the first one to be brave. Not out, you know, not you just your your content stuff. Yeah, you know your stuff, but really taking the time to be brave. You know, you asked me how I was like how I was doing before we even hit record. And I told you, I was like, honestly, today is a good day. But if you had asked me this a couple months ago, I would have had a different different answer. Like I've been trying to really work on because you know, generally, you know, small talk, like, how you doing? I'm good, how you doing? I'm good. You know, right. normally that's how we do. However, like I have really been working on look, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm kind of down right now. Uh, I've had to reschedule some interviews. Like I've logged on and I and they could see it on my face. And I'm like, you mind? Can we can we touch base next week? I'm just having a really rough day. And and I and I and people understand that. I mean, especially with everything we got going on, like mental health is starting to be more discussed these days. But it it wasn't. I would say, especially in our black communities, it's not always something that was that was encouraged. And so now we're seeing a lot more of those conversations happening. So yeah, I I really do just try to just be more open and honest with how I'm feeling with what I got going on in life. Yeah, I could appreciate that. I could appreciate that for sure. And I know that's where we're often, or we have been, especially um, black men have been taught to just hold things, right? Like, hey man, just, you got to put on your game face and, and keep it pushing. And in the past couple of years, I've come to understand how much holding all these things in, especially like these emotional matters, how much it impacts you physically, uh, spiritually, so on and so forth. But I'm thinking about like literally my the physical impact, like my stomach, stomach issues that I've had because I've been holding so much and, and it's been hard for me to release. And that's something I'm learning and working through. So I appreciate you sharing that, sharing the importance of like, hey, I'm I'm calling into what it is in this moment. This is how I feel. This is how it's impacting me. I need to reset. Yeah. Let's, let's not be afraid of reset. So let, let, let's let's continue here talking about vulnerability and humility. You know, I, I really want to stay in this place because I don't think it's a conversation that we have enough. It's 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 happening, but I, I love to see people to continue to unpack this notion of modeling vulnerability and humility. And so why why don't you just share why you deem this important? I mean you dedicated a whole chapter to it in your book. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, that chapter was very I mean the book itself was personal. Um but that chapter was really personal for me because, you know, in, in the midst of writing this book, I was going through a divorce and, and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't an easy divorce. I put it that way. There's a lot happening there. And but still, I was going to school every day and show up, you know, and, and the students would ask me questions. like, Are you OK? Like, are, you know, the whole conversations. And I'd be like, no, nah, man, at court today. Or I got this today. I got, you know, this issue is happening. Or I, I got to meet with my attorney. Or I just got this text message. It, it was always something going on. And so while I'm a human, again, as a human being, I'm, I have a job. I got to pay my bills. I got to support my kids and everything. Yet I have stuff in the background that's distracting. But I need to be fully present. Uh, I think we often ask our students to be vulnerable and open, you know, journal prompt, you know, you know, what is your deepest, darkest, whatever. 
And, and we ask our students all the time to share and express who they are. And, and we want to get to know our students, and, and which I think is very important. Don't get me wrong. However, at the same time, I think that we need to be doing the same. Like we need to be sharing our, a little bit about ourselves. Now, it doesn't mean that we got to like tell them every ins and out that we have, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm behind on my child support or I'm behind on, on my bills. And I, I don't know if I'm going to have a roof over my head. I don't know if we necessarily need to go into details with things. But I feel like if we're asking our students to share and we want to connect and we really want to build that rapport, then we need to be able to reciprocate that as well. So, yeah, I used to have conversations with my students. I, had, uh, I was a director of special ed at the school. And I had some kids that, you know, had some, um, uh, you know, 504 plans, let's just call it 504 plans and uh, for anxiety or some some emotional distress, those kind of things. And they would come to me and share with me how, how their day was. Uh, they would check in with me uh, throughout the day just because I always want to make sure that they're good. Uh, and then they would ask, they started asking me questions. They started, you know, hey, look, can, you know, you're always hearing about what I got going on, you know, kept telling me about what you got going on. And so I would feels comfortable with sharing. And we got really close. You know, when I left the school, I mean, we're still, you know, a lot of those students were, were still Facebook friends. Um, and I still try to check in on the kids to see how they're doing. Um, because, you know, that's that, you know, maintaining that relationship is very important to me. Uh, I think even as school leaders, you know, sometimes we feel like we're supposed to know all the answers and, and, and we're supposed to, you know, be discerning right then and there. I've really been working on situations like, you know, I don't have an answer right now. However, however, can can we touch base tomorrow? Uh, or can you give me a couple hours and we touch base? Or, you know, just letting folks know, listen, I don't know everything, but I, I, I'm not going to ignore this issue. I'm not, I, I do want to address it. I just need a little bit of time to think and figure this out. Can we touch base later? And again, I think those little things just kind of, again, humanizes us and, 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 and puts the focus back on. Yes, we're not perfect. We don't know everything. However, we're doing our best. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's great. It's important. And I I can relate to you in so many ways that we have so much synergy. I used to be a former principal. Mm-hmm. And I also w- was a school leader in various roles. But I, there was a time that I had a life before Lorena. And I went through a divorce also. And I was showing up putting on my game face day in and day out like nobody really knowing what was going on in my life you know dealing with depression and all types of things right you know holding it together in the professional sense but on the personal side man my life was a mess it was falling apart and you know eventually got to a place where you know I, I had to things were just so messy that you know, I, I needed to talk to an individual who was my supervisor, but we also on the, the same uh, leadership team because this is I was in a, a different role at that time. I wasn't principal, but we, you know, and we became really good friends. We're still good friends to this day, but he, he became the person I had to I turned to during that time so he could understand, like, yo, if I'm not killing it in the professional space right now on this, this is why I want you to understand some of the things that I got going on that I've been holding, right. That 
now it's impacting me so deeply i can't i can't even hold it anymore so uh thank you for sharing that and and just hearing you share it be like i don't really talk about this like that to be honest with you this is probably the first time i've ever you know talked about you know my own divorce uh on this platform i i really don't talk about it unless people like you know it somehow ask me brings it up or mm-hmm. kind of leave the past in the past but uh, you know i do think there's something uh creating these moments in which you're okay with, you know, being vulnerable and modeling that. So thank you for, you know, inspiring that in me. Well, that again, that was that I was doing that like, right. I was going through a divorce, trying to work, trying to figure out and writing a book at the same time. So mm. it, like all of that stuff's happening all at once. So it's, and, and my publisher was on me about some deadlines. So I, I got to make sure I get the manuscript, manuscript in on time. So that, again, that, that chapter is, you know, I have a lot of, you know, I, that one is one of my favorite chapters in the book, just because it, it again, is really personal. That, that chapter is really personal. For me. Yeah, man, I wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you get into it. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. like, yeah. oh, he's really unpacking some stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was there was a lot happening that year. There was a lot <laughs> happening. <laughs> so, yeah, one person who who was, I had a number of people uh, who were there for me, who supported me in in, in many different ways and the work that I was doing. And I'm curious, uh, who are the people in your life? Right, I'm I'm going to go ahead and flip a question that you asked in, in your book. Who are the people in your life that serve as accountability partners? in your pursuit of lead and equity and becoming an advocate for all students and what's mm-hmm. filling your cup in this season? Uh, you know, dad is, my dad is definitely my number one um, person. I, I mean, it don't matter what time of day. I mean, he's two hours ahead of me. He's on East coast time. I'm on mountain time. Sometimes I'm hitting him up at two, his time, midnight mine. And he's, he's answering. He's, he's so he's definitely the, the, the number one person. And then besides that, you know, I've, I'm typically, a, so people don't believe this when I tell them I'm a very introverted person. Like I'm very private. I'm very like, I don't, I don't just be talking to folks. Like, you know, I, I keep my stuff in. And so I had fallen out, not fallen out, just kind of lost touch. And I wouldn't say fallen out. We had no beef or nothing. It's just my best friend, childhood best friend. We hadn't, we hadn't touched base in a while. And he had reached out to me because he's an assistant principal. And so he was asking for some help on a PD that he had to give. And so he reached out and we hadn't talked in a couple of years or so, but he knows what I do. And so he was like, hey, man, can you give me some tips? And so I broke it down, gave some, some pointers on how to do his next PD. And then he asked me, well, how much do I owe you? And I'm like, bro, like you my childhood best friend. You my guy. Like, this is on the house, if you will. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking right, about? Right, charge. Right. Like, I'm not going to charge you. Whatever, man. And I was like, you know what I would like? If you want to give me something, I was like, you know what? We've lost touch, man. I want my best friend back. Like, I got, the, and then this was this was during the time when I was dealing with the divorce stuff. Uh, separate. I think we just separated at the time. And that was, <laughs> I can't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But it was some stuff that went down. And so um, I was like, dude, I, I really would love to talk to you. Uh, I want to repair our uh, rebuild or reconnect. And so, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, he's down. And so he started checking in on me. Uh, and then we should start. You know, I went down there to visit him in Dallas and, and, you know, we just reconnected. And so still like we still keep up. 
and reach out to each other, check on each other, see how folks are doing. You know, so him, my dad, and maybe just a couple of other folks that I again I keep a really small, tight circle. And I might share some things, but if you want to like really know what I have going on, that's just a, a handful of people that I would share any of those kind of details with. Hmm. That's great. That's great, man. I'm I'm glad to hear that y'all were able to reconnect. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, when 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 you have in this case an individual that you've spent a lot of time with, that you know on a deeply personal level and they know you. It's um, you know, when there's that distancing, you know, you could feel that void. You could feel that void. And and so it's uh it's awesome when when you hear stories of folks actually reconnecting because it doesn't happen in every case for whatever reason, yeah. right? Life happens. So what's what's filling your cup in this season? Filling my cup, you know. Um you know, I guess for me, so I, I love being on stage. I, I love keynoting. Uh, and that's kind of like, I think that's kind of like my favorite thing nowadays. Um, but I, and I guess the reason why I'm just kind of like discovering this is because of COVID, like everything was virtual. And I was just literally talking into the camera all the time. And so now I've been able to be on stage and feel the energy and, uh, you know, see people's faces, you know, because sometimes with Zoom, all you're seeing is names. And so, like, I'm I'm getting an opportunity. So, like, right now, that is probably some of the most exciting things that I've been able to do is, like, like you and I met uh, a few weeks ago, you know, as a result of being at the same conference together. So just um, being able to be on stage is, is and things opening back up as far as these uh, conferences is really, I guess, filling my cup for this year. Right. Now, if you had an opportunity to have lunch with any author that are alive, Dead or alive, who would it be and why? Author? Yes. Say author. Um, okay, well, my favorite author right now is Michael Eric Dyson. So oh, uh, yeah. he's alive. Um, and so any, 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 I know this, man, the brother, just, I mean, I just, just every time I read his books, I, I just like, dude, this man has spent so much gain. Um, I would love to meet him. And just, I mean, he just is so articulate with his, like, delivery. Um, you know, he's one of the people that kind of model my some of my speeches off of just kind of his the way he delivers. Um, so he would definitely be someone that I would love to meet uh, in person if I ever get a chance. Oh, man. Yeah, I met him years ago. Uh, if I remember correctly, this was the Association of Independent Schools of New England conference. And he was the keynote, signed the book for me. I didn't have an opportunity to have lunch with him. Uh, but I get the I got to chop it up real quick and get my book nice. signed. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson is phenomenal. Oh man, amazing! Yeah. Amazing writer, amazing speaker, amazing um, ac- academic. Just wow, so much to offer there. That's a good one. Um, I've been getting a lot of lately. Been getting a lot of James Baldwin. Um, so this this was a good mix up. Uh, Audrey Lord is is the one who's coming up also lately, but uh, I think you're the first person to mention Michael Eric Dyson. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's I, I got all his books. Like I, I I got audibles and I got like the physical books. Like I mess with him. Like that's my guy. That's great. Funny that's great. I, I, I don't him. Yeah. So, to those that are listening, what what is a message of encouragement that you want to offer them? Um, you know. 
I don't want to be one of those people that says if, if it, it, you know, I, I try to be careful with these type of messages, right? Because you don't know anybody, you don't know someone's situation, right? And, and so I, I, I tread lightly um, when it comes to this because I know how I dealt with a situation may not be the mm-hmm. same way someone would, someone else, or someone's dealing with something worse, right? But what I would say is a general, you know, find some people. Whether you're a person that's typically, you know, again, very private, but I have found a lot of resources and support from just reaching out to my family. You know, my brother's my brother lives in town here with me. Uh, he's definitely been looking out for me. My sister, uh, she's she's in Georgia. However, she, I could hit her up. So just surround yourself if you can by folks that are really going to stay positive, keep you positive, uh, and, and lift you up. Um, and then I got into self-help books as well. Uh, I used to be one of those individuals who was like highly against it. You know, oh, you don't need self-help. But I, I changed my mind. I, I, I have read some books that have really changed my life. Um, so find yourself, surround yourself by some some folks that are key positive for you. Uh, get into some self-help books. And I would also encourage folks to seek counseling uh if, if that's if that's an option for you uh that has helped me as well i've gone through some counseling uh and was very helpful again during some very low times um at the end of the day we want to try to be proactive as opposed to reactive you know we want to be doing different things throughout the day and, and maintaining our, our um mental health we don't want to wait till the time when, when we're in our low points. And now we're trying to reach out and try to get these resources and find these books and all that stuff. But if you practice these things daily, whether you're in a low or high state, I think that that would be helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Sheldon. And thank you for uh, unpacking with us a bit this notion of modeling vulnerability and humility. Where can folks follow you? Well, you can find me uh, on social as Sheldon Akins, E-A-K-I-N-S, uh, is at Sheldon Akins. So I'm on Twitter and I'm also on Instagram. Uh, you can always go to the website, leadingequitycenter.com. And if you're a podcast listener, my show is called Leading Equity. Subscribe to Lead in Equity today. The book, Lead in Equity, Becoming an Ally. Do yourselves a favor, purchase a copy. Sheldon's doing excellent work. If you're working in schools, Feel free to reach out to him. You could book him for a 30-minute consultation. A lot of game to offer. If you're not familiar with his work, you are missing out. Uh, Brother Sheldon is just doing some amazing stuff. Um, Again, he's been grinding for a minute here. And so I know I have been blessed by his work. I'm, I'm subscribed to the newsletter, so I get all the updates This guy's on overdrive, interviewing everybody um, and and really covering such a wide range of topics, being a man committed to his word as it relates to lead and equity and becoming an ally. Sheldon, thank you for your time. Thank you for for your work. And I look forward to keeping the conversation alive. I think there's a lot more that you and I uh, will talk about in the future, uh, both on the platform, but also offline. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. As always, your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, go to multiculturalclassroom.com. 
Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.